Hey, uh, my name is Ryan. If you're new to our community, this is our church building right here. Um, just kidding. It's not. It's theirs. They let us use it. We're just, um, we're kind of homeless. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but first thing I want to do is just acknowledge why we're here. We are here. We gather for one reason. And that reason is to declare that Jesus is Lord. And we gather as a community to do that, whether it's here corporately or in house churches, to declare that Jesus is Lord over our lives, over our families, over our city, over this world. And I don't want to let us forget that. And I've been reflecting a lot lately. Um, This is... Ten years ago this month is when this church began to think about being a church. I mean, we gathered a few people actually under a picnic shelter in Broomfield. And it was an evening. It was hot. We gathered. We, we talked about, we prayed about what it would look like to be a church. And in also some of the reflecting, I've also been reflecting, we did a teaching series like three years ago called Citizens and Exiles. I don't know if you guys remember this. We, we, we talked a little bit about the book of Daniel. And one of the things that we talked about is how we have to be more creative about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we've had to be really creative the last 15 months. We've had to be really creative as a church. We've had to be really creative... Um, I did it. I did it again. Hold on. Everything's falling apart. We have to be really creative about a lot of things. Um, And one of our primary motivations the last 15 months has been how can we be more connected than ever? Like how can we know each other deeper? How can we be in each other's lives even more? And the other one was how can we be a non-anxious presence in our community? Like, how could we be the kind of people that live in such a way that people look at us and go, wait, you're not freaking out? You're not freaking out over the pandemic? You're not freaking out uh, about how things are going? And so here's what we tried. For some of you who've been with us the whole time, we tried Zoom church. Remember how lame that was? (laughs) And like people were popping on. I'm like, no, you're muted. No, no. And it was just that whole thing. Um, We did pre-recording, we did live Instagram stuff, we did, we tried to do live teaching and over video, we did all church gatherings like this outside, and we've even done indoors, and then like, there's one of our house churches, the Ewing's House Church, in a garage with a heater, like everybody around a heater in the garage all year, so we've been creative but the, the big thing is like who we're, who we've been asking the questions, who we're going to be, not how we're going to be. And so one of the cool things is um, I've been spending some time with a guy named HUD. And HUD is a counselor and a coach for pastors who are losing their minds. And so I've been spending time with HUD. And I've been spending time with him because he has been able to, he's trying to make sure his job is to make pastors and leaders healthy. And I want to be healthy. 
And one of the things that he's been walking me through in my life is something called liminal space. Now, if you don't know what that is, it sounds kind of sci-fi. It's not. Liminal space, the Latin word limina is, it actually means threshold. So think of it like this, walking from one room into another, there's a threshold, there's a passageway through it. Or maybe a long hallway (laughs) with no end in sight, right? And all of us go through things that are called liminal space, meaning you transition from one stage of your life to the next. Think of like that teenage, who wants to go back to being a teenager? Nobody, right? Because it's liminal space, right? You, you go from childhood innocence and fun to one day, hopefully, in your 30s or 40s, being an adult. And there's this space in between that's confusing and frustrating, but that's where most transformation happens. And think about stages, other stages in life, like coming into being parents or a breakup or empty nesting. These are all spaces that are new. It's transition. It's liminal. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. You're confused. You're frustrated. Think about stages of faith. Think about how you came to know Jesus and then throughout your life that has changed. And, and maybe it's changed because of something difficult that's happened. Maybe, maybe everything was just great and puppies and rainbows when it came to following Jesus. And then tragedy happened. Or a loss happened. Or a divorce happened. Or something shook your foundation. Some of you are going through that right now. And when you think about these stages, these liminal spaces... You might find yourself in one of those right now. I mean, I've had conversations with many of you that are like, okay, this is what I used to believe. This is, this is where I'm struggling. And you may feel like you're wandering. You may feel like you're lost. You're homeless. You may feel like you're in exile. You may feel like it's painful, untethered, unresolved, messy. These are some of the words were, that might describe liminal space for you. I want to encourage you, though, just like HUD has been encouraging me. Liminal space is where all the transformation takes place. That's where all the good stuff happens. That's where God really does his best work. And we have to wait and we have to let it form us. We have to be patient. And it's difficult. And every impulse inside of us wants to get out of it. Every impulse inside of us wants to pass through the threshold and get to the promised land, so to speak. I mean, you think about Scripture, all throughout Scripture is basically this conversation passing from one stage to the next. Think about Abraham and Sarah. They were promised a child, and how long did it take? Years. And the problem is, is many of us read our Bibles and it's just a paragraph or a page. But in real life, it was years. Or think about between Egypt and the promised land. Generation, right? Think about the the entire account of Job. If you haven't read Job, like he's one of the one guys that does liminal space well. And his life is one big transition, one big threshold. Think about 
the end of Malachi, the beginning of Matthew, that period of time is what scholars call the, the silent period, where people, the people of God didn't hear from God. They were in kind of this liminal space. See, our culture is actually deep-rooted deep in us is this desire to arrive, to reach a spot and to camp, to put down roots, to feel like things are manageable, comfortable, familiar. That's what we want. That's what we crave. I mean, that's kind of like in our American DNA. And we want to achieve and we want to coast. And normally churches, as HUD puts it, as my counselor puts it, are a really poor place to do that. Uh, They're a really poor place to wait on God because in churches what we normally want are answers, right? We want answers to our tough questions. We want someone to, we want another podcast, we want something else to help us get through this spot we're in. And it can be easy to like get out of the pain. It can be easy to, I mean, here's what we can do. We can listen to another podcast. We can find another worship album. You can go to another church. But you miss out on what, what God's really trying to do in you and through you. And so how do we navigate the liminal space? Well, here's what we got to do. It's a posture of submission and listening to God's voice. It's a posture of listening and submitting. Over and over and over and over again. It doesn't get resolved with another inductive Bible study. Okay? Nothing wrong with inductive Bible studies. But inductive Bible studies don't give us the space to listen They don't give us the space to wrestle. Um, It's where we sit honestly in God's presence, alone or with others. And we do four really important things. And this is all from HUD. You're like, where do you get your sermons? Well, this one's from HUD. Because he's been wrecking me with it. So you get to get wrecked too. The first thing he tells me, he told me to do is to sit alone in God's presence and hold the anxious feelings that I feel. You're like, Ryan, you're anxious? Yeah, it turns out I am. <laughs> turns out that there are days when I fall asleep thinking about our community, and then there's days that the next day I wake up thinking about our community. And I think, okay, where are we going to meet? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? You know. And he's like, listen, you want answers. You want to get out of this, this spot. I get it. But what you need to do is sit with God with these anxious feelings. And so some of us need to do that, right? Some of you need to do that. I mean, the, the reality is we're really good at escaping anxious, anxious feelings, right? We can Netflix. <laughs> we, can, we can do any sort of thing to not think about what makes us anxious. Second thing he, he told me to do was to resist impulsiveness, meaning to solve something, to run, to escape, to solve something. He's like, you've got to sit with it and resist that, that desire to run away. 
The next one is to live with not knowing. Church, I don't know what we look like in August or September or October. I know this, though, that God is doing really cool stuff. And the who God is forming us into is much more important than the how we operate. And that might be hard for you to hear, but I'm just telling you what I know. I don't have answers. And I'll get it a little bit into that here in a second. And the last one is this. And this is super important. In the presence of God, think the best of other people. Now, this is where it gets really tricky, right? Because some of our anxiety is actually because of somebody else. Some of my anxiety is waiting for responses from places to meet as a church or, or waiting for, for volunteers or waiting for this or that. And, and, and really, it's, it's about God wanting me to sit with that anxiety and believe the best about other people. Here at Restoration, we're in between. We're at this threshold moment, right? We're at a moment where God is doing something in us It's not easy, it's not comfortable, it's messy, it requires a little bit of courage on a lot of our parts. And and the other thing that's really important is this is all our first pandemic, right? So, I think, Dan, were you around for the Spanish flu? Um, How'd that go? I mean, we We didn't have to wear masks. You didn't? No. The, uh, we're in a threshold moment and we're all learning. And, and I know that the pandemic is waning and all that stuff, but it has definitely thrown a new way to be in our lives. A new way to operate. A new way to think about our faith and following Jesus. A new way to, to wrestle with things that we've experienced. And following Jesus is most often... Okay, if you, if you learn, listen to those words that Jaden was reading out of Mark 8, following Jesus is most often difficult. Following Jesus is most often in a liminal space. It's in between. Why? Because Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is here, but it's also not yet. Right? This idea of resurrection is coming But we also have to live very human lives with very messy people. And it's about constantly letting go, dying, losing. Remember, Jesus says, lose your life in order to find it. Lay down your life before you can pick it up. This idea that there are are tools and there are processes of spiritual growth that we want to learn and embrace. And we can't do that if we're always trying to escape the hard stuff. And so what's next for us? Well, here's what we've got. Just really briefly on a couple things. One, um, we are meeting once a month through August. The rest of it's in house churches. The reason that we're having a difficulty with meeting is um, we're trying to get to know the new management at the Arvada Center. We're working that relationship out. Okay? Okay. But this church has been very generous to let us meet outside. So on July 18th, we're going to gather again together as a whole church. I don't know where. 
But we will gather. But between now and then is 42 days. And what I wanted to do is something really churchy. Is I wanted to do a 42 days of prayer campaign. Wait, is it 40 days? 40 days? Just kidding. We're going to, no, seriously, as a church, we're going to do a 42 day prayer thing together. And we're going to pray and we're going to wait. And we're going to pray and we're going to wait. And I don't have a slick, intricate, flashy, flowery prayer guide for you with fill in the blanks. I don't have that. But we will, over the next 42 days, send out prompts and, and different things for us to pray for as a community. And, and that's going to be part of how we move forward here this summer. Um, on July 8th, we're going to get together for a huge barbecue at Majestic View Park. We'd love for you to be a part of that. But the real bread and butter right now is house church. And if you're part of one, you know what I'm talking about. There are really, really phenomenal house church moments where people can be known and know others and pray for each other and laugh and, and get to know each other. You have so much more in common with people than you think. And we have eight house churches and we want to start two more. And these are going to be a part of our church going forward. And so whatever our rhythm of meeting and gathering will be heading forward, we know that God is doing something really cool with these house churches. And so if you want to be a part of one of those, if you want to start one of those, if you want to host one, um, there are some really brave people around here. And you know who you are because you've come to our church through a house church. You didn't show up on a Sunday morning and fill out a connection card and like, you know, the normal church stuff. Like you came to a house, like crazy, courageous, cold turkey, like, and it's meant something to you. 